Hi, this is Sam Chand, and welcome to the Sam Chand Leadership Podcast. It is my honor to serve you, help you achieve your dreams. Let's do this together. We're moving on to our next speaker. This is, we got purple, we got purple speakers today, everybody. I, I Notice how I leave the cow out. So we got purple speakers because we have speakers who are the best. They're doing amazing things. They're leveraging what God has put in them. And now we are going to hear from coach Mona Brawley. She's the president of Mona Brawley Coaching LLC. She pastors alongside with her husband, Dr. Brawley III. Throughout the years, God has ordered her steps, which have led her to many personal, professional, and spiritual accomplishments. We're so proud to have Mona with us here today, Coach Mona. She has experience in organizational leadership as well as leadership coaching and mentoring. And she's going to talk to us about getting practical with coaching. Coach Mona, thanks for being with us. Coach Mona, if you can unmute yourself, that would be wonderful. Thank you. That's a major problem of technology, right? Um, Well, good morning, everybody. I see everybody from all over the world. What a global summit. How exciting it is to be here with you all today. I'm about to share my screen. Um, Let me make sure that it's presenting properly. All righty. So um, I'm so happy to be with you all this morning. What powerful speakers have come this morning. I'm like, wow, what a lineup. You had Dr. Chan this morning. You had Martine. I'm telling you what powerful words about being purple and and acting purple and showing up in different ways. And so um, uh, uh, Martine talked about how you can show up being purple in your business and, you know, how to act purple. And I want to show a little bit about how to be practical with coaching, because I know that everybody does not necessarily plan to be a coach or have a coach business. You want to use the coaching skills. Maybe you came in today and you're like, I want to know more about coaching. Maybe you said, you know, I'm not sure uh, how this will look in my life. Maybe I already have a profession and I'm trying to see how I can use coaching in my everyday life. And so I want to talk to you about being practical with coaching. Um, Like they said, I am a, I'm a, a, a coach. I have my own business but I also am a school teacher. I teach um, computer science, STEM, and uh, science to kindergarten through fifth grade students, which gives me a lot of variety and opportunity to do different things. So I'm gonna keep going. Let me see if I can share. All right, so let's talk about what effective coaches do. So effective coaches, they listen, they build trust, they are present, they show curiosity and they clarify expectations. So this is what effective coaches do. They build trust, they listen, they build trust, they are present, they show curiosity and they clarify expectations. And so today I'm gonna show you how we as coaches can use this or you, those of us who have gone through the, coach, through the coaching classes or you're in your everyday work life or in your everyday home, how you can show and model this in every um, in everyday life or in practical ways. So Gary Collins, who is the author of Christian Coaches says, as a general rule, coaches should spend up to about 80% of their time listening. The rest of their time is spent encouraging clients, giving feedback, making observations and asking focused questions. 
asking focused questions. And if you've been with us at DRC, you recognize this and you know that um, probably the hardest part is if it, besides listening is really asking those focused questions and making sure that you're asking the right question. So what? let's go back through what I just said. So um, being an effective coach means that you listen. So let's look at what listening really means in this way and how can you can you listen. All right, so one thing, I wanna just do a quick test. And this is a, a test for all of us. If you are um, talking to someone, someone and you're in a conversation, I want you to think how long does it take before you start thinking of your own perspective? When you are in a conversation with someone else, how long does it take before you start thinking about your own perspective? And when you were thinking about your own perspective, how much of their perspective did you miss? How much of their perspective did you miss? A lot of times, you know, we're so quick to move on to what's next and we're missing out on the perspective of that other person because listening is a lost art. Just sitting there and listening and, um, you know, uh, just listening to other people. We are always coming up with our own perspective, our own rebuttal, our own answer while we are in conversations with other people. As a matter of fact, some of you have already diverted your attention just that quickly. When we were talking, you know, we can lose so much when you're listening to someone. You have to really be intentional about listening. And so in our everyday life, you can listen. In your everyday life, imagine if you just took the time to listen to your children, to listen to their concerns. How about your parents if they're aging? Maybe you listen to their concerns. Maybe they're not your concerns. Maybe they don't affect your life, but maybe you could just listen. In your uh, everyday life, imagine just listening to your coworkers. Imagine just listening to um, the concerns and the, of your, your boss or those people that you work with. It makes a huge difference. So listening, if we just take a moment and stop and listen, we can learn so much. We can learn about other people. We can learn their perspective and you can learn so many lessons in just listening. I believe that's one of those purple cow moments that you stand out because you listen. You hear what's needed. The other thing is building trust in coaching. Before you can work with a client, you first have to build trust. If your client doesn't trust you or your motives, they will not progress. You will not progress. Neither one of you will meet your goals. And the same is, is true in life. If you don't have trust, trust, you don't have much. So you have to take the trust test. Ask yourself, do my words and my actions build trust or diminish it? Do my words and my actions build trust or diminish it? I know in my profession as a teacher, that's very important. If my students do not believe me, if they don't trust me, if they do not believe I actually care about them, I cannot teach them much. Um, my trust, their, their level of trust and my level of being able to teach them and make them progress they are closely aligned. If they don't believe me, they're not going to learn anything much from me. So if I want them to learn from me, I have to build trust. I have to care about them. I need to know what they're thinking about. I have to establish trust. And I think that's clear in every relationship, not just in coaching. And I think that's something that can be applied. 
So thinking about how as a, a parent, as a person, a person in relationship, you must build trust. And so that's something that's very practical. Next one. This is a big one. Being present. Being present. Wow. Now this one is hard because we have learned how to be on technology and social media and something is always filling up our time. Um, imagine if you, and this is what's so exciting about coaching, but is imagine that you just have somebody that for 50 minutes to an hour says, I will just listen to you. I'm not going to be on my phone playing. I'm just listening to you. I'm not surfing when I'm talking to you. I'm just listening to you. I'm here for you. I am here to support you. I'm here to be in your life, in your world for those few minutes. Coaching is about, is, is really about giving someone, you're taking that time to be present with that person. Now, in coaching, we know that that's something that we do, but imagine if in practical ways each day that you took time to be present, that when someone is sharing a concern with you, you're not just fiddling with your phone or jingling your keys or looking elsewhere or surfing the web. Even when your children are talking to you, when your spouse is talking to you, can you imagine just being present, just listening in, just honing in to see what's you know right in front of us. A lot of times we have people who are right in front of us and we're looking at our phone, trying to interact with someone on social media. We are we have our family in front of us. We have our spouses in front of us. And we want to make sure we connect with that person across the, the world or on social media that you may or may not know. And so it's really important to just take care of the people who are right there in front of you, being present, just staying in that moment and putting down our phones and turning them over, if that's what it means, or I know some people have a little uh, jail box when it's time for dinner and they'll put their phones in, in jail so that they cannot be dis disturbed so that at dinner time they actually have time to talk and ask questions. I know in our household we ask, you know, what are you grateful for today? What, what is your day like? What was your day like? Tell me what you, one thing you were grateful for so that you could take a moment and reflect and you can share your wins or even maybe some of your your lows, you know, in the, in the middle of the day. And so taking the time to be present, enjoying the people who are right there in front of you. Imagine how this in a practical way will help you stand out and, and to be different, to use your coaching skills to say, you know what, I've learned a few things. One thing is that listening matters. My presence is powerful. My presence is powerful. To give somebody your presence is a gift. To give somebody your person is a gift. To give them your whole self when you're in that moment, that's a huge gift. So imagine just giving them you. Being curious. And I love this one. As a science teacher, one of the things that we do is uh, we always start a lesson with, what do you wonder? What do you notice? What do you wonder and what do you notice? And this goes back and it constantly feeds back to, you know, um, the purple cow and what Martine says about being out of the box. And, you know, when you think you already assume something and you already know the answer, 
your brain shuts down. And something we know in science is that um, when you give a child an answer, just a one line, it could be, there could be many answers, but once your brain has one answer, you shut down thinking about it forever. It's like that box is closed. So if you want to build relationship and you want to build curiosity, and if you want to build that sense of wonder about someone, do not just take one sentence or just take one thing, ask something, ask follow-up statements and questions, you know, say, tell me more, unpack that statement for me, ask them to share a little bit more about themselves, show that you genuinely care about their welfare, that you care about them, then you're not just interrogating them. You know, I personally don't like to be asked like a, you know, bombarded with questions. I like questioning when it means that you care, when you show you care, when you are showing that you, it matters to you what I say, it matters to you how I feel, it matters what I think or who I am. I, I recently, um, I started, you know, not wanting to always post on social media because I noticed that when I posted, if I went to work or went somewhere, people assumed they knew everything about me, but they didn't know because social media is a snippet of my life and I live a very full life. And so if you really want to know me, you can't assume you know everything about me by looking at a picture. You can't assume you know everything about me by reading a sentence on social media. I don't post my whole life. And so most of us don't. And so I made it a decision. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to post until I'm ready, till I've talked to every person in person that I want to share this with, because I want you to be curious. I don't want your brain to shut down and say, oh, I already know that about you. Oh, when I might have great details I want to share with you. And so as people, we have to be more curious, not just digging, but really saying, I want to know you. I want to know about you. I want to know more. Give me more. And so if, if, even as um, a school teacher, what we do is we constantly, um, we will have a picture of something random and it just stirs the thoughts and it'll say, you know, what is that about? And so students may ask, and I said, what do you notice? And so they'll start telling me all the details of everything they notice. What do you wonder? And then they come up with questions. And I never give them, excuse me, I never give them the answer. It's an, un, oh, an un, we unanswered question. We have one every day. We start with that unanswered question because while there is no one right answer, their brain is open. The moment I give one answer, they shut it down. They don't want to hear anything because in their mind, it's a closed deal. And so about life and being curious and as a coach, you don't want to close that mind. You don't want to close that op option with your client. And you sure don't want to close it with the people that you're in, you're in relationship with. You want to build that relationship. And so to, in order to continue to build relationship, you have to encourage and keep that same curiosity. You need to be as curious about your spouse as you were when you first got with them. You know, I've been go. I just celebrated 33 years of marriage. And so I still need to be curious, not always thinking I know my husband's 
you know, response or what he's thinking. I'm learning something new every day. And if you're not learning something new, it's because you've closed the box. You think you have all the answers, but each of us are growing and evolving every day. And so it's important to stay curious, stay curious. And that's a huge part. You don't know everything about every person, even though you think you may know them in that way. So being curious, listening, Clarifying expectations. So in the coaching relationship, how does that look? Well, it might look like this. You may start out a conversation with your uh, client and say, what would you like to walk away with from today's session, right? But if you were in, you know, and that's something that you do to clarify, to make sure that at the end, you can say, we, we actually came away with something, right? And your client would know that this is what you want and you have a goal for that session. But in real life, you could say something like, how can I best support you today? How can I help you today? And then that way at the end of the conversation, so let's say you're having a conversation with your spouse and your spouse wants you to listen to them, right? Just listen, they're sharing a story, but you jump in and you immediately save them or you immediately give answers or you immediately give a solution but they just wanted you to hear them. Perhaps you could clarify that expectation and avoid some conflict by just saying, well, how can I best support you today in this situation? How can I help you? You know, because if I want a solution, then I could say, you know what, can you help me maybe come up with a solution here? Or maybe I'm looking for some answers or I just need a little support because I'm not sure. I know I have the answer and I just need some time to figure it out. But you know what? I just need you to hear me. And so in everyday practical ways, you can be a, a you know, use your coaching skills. You can clarify expectations. Imagine all of the relationships that could change because you did this just by simply hearing and clarifying those expectations. It goes with us learning about conflict and you'll see this in uh, tract one, you'll see it in tract two, just how to deal with conflict. But this is a great way just to clarify the expectation of what I'm supposed to do today. So, so that you're not in a place where you're trying to solve when they're just asking you to listen. So these are ways that you can be practical in your relationships. And so I'm going to move forward. So how do I use coaching in practical ways? Well, I use it to build relationship with the people around me. I use it to build relationships with my uh, coworkers. I use it to build relationship with my children. Um, one of the things I learned when I first started coaching was that I needed to manage my time better and that I needed to spend time with each of my children individually. And so I began to create a calendar where I would spend time with my children and I would make either dates or I would take time to go in their room and I would find out what they liked and I would figure out what they wanted to watch and I would spend time with them to do that. And you know, what's funny as in turn, as they become adults or as they grew up, they, were, they would do the same thing for me. They were like, what is mom like? What does mom want to uh, 
watch. And so they would come and follow me to find out what I wanted because they wanted to spend time with me. And so one of the things that I do is in using my coaching skills is to get into someone else's world and figure out what it is that they need. So I'm there, I'm present. I'm, I learn about anime. I may not be into anime. I've learned about anime. I may not be into cars, but I learned about cars because my older son was in car into cars. I've learned about sports because my brothers were into sports. I learned about all kinds of things that my children um, taught me because I wanted to be present with them because I wanted to listen to their heart because I wanted to know what they were dealing with, whether it's um, you can use this in so many ways. At school this year, one of the things we've been tasked with, instead of just learning how students are with their grades, they asked us, they said, okay, so how many students do you know two, two or more facts about that does not relate to school? There were crickets in the room. They asked us to put stars on the students that we knew two or more facts about besides things in school. And I could tell you, there were so many students because I happened to see all the students in the school, most of the school, uh, we have about 700 students and I get to the privilege of seeing most of them, including special ed students. And I was sitting there saying, I could tell you a lot of things about a lot of students that have nothing to do with their grades. Because when I'm standing in the hallway on duty, I'll stand in the hallway and friends come by and they just, and I call them all my friends and I say, um, they'll come and they'll just talk to me about the weekend. They'll start, if they like languages, they'll come and start talking to me in a different language each day. They may say hello in a different language or I try to build relationships to find out what they like. I try to build relationships to find out who they are outside of school. They may not be the top student, but they may be, they are great people and they are great children and they are great in their own way. And so finding out what they are like is important. There's a little girl named Anna. And Anna, every day, I've, I've only, she's only been at my school maybe about a year or so. And, you know, um, during COVID, a lot of students did not come in person, but Anna came. And every day, Anna, makes it her business to stop by my station to just say hello. And we talk every day and we have a, about two to five minute conversation about her weekend, about what she does with her family, about who's there at her family celebrations, the food she eats. Uh, we talk about all kinds of things. And I may see her once a week for 40 minutes, 40, 50 minutes. And in that period, we don't talk that much. But it's in the hallway that we make relationship and we build relationship and I'm present with her and I know more about Anna in, in that set, setting. And so when they asked me, could I tell you two or more facts about, I could. And it wasn't because they made me do that. It was because of, of just building relationships, just sitting there and listening, just making the time to have that talk and talk about things that didn't apply to school. I, I heard about her anxiety about going on to the next grade. I heard about how she, what she was going to do for the summer and what she was going to do on vacation. And I learned all kinds of things about her wonderful, wonderful family and her wonderful life. So how do I use coaching in practical ways? I use these same skills in everyday life 
with the people around me to build relationships, to uh, become a better person for myself, to learn about other people, to, um, to have a better relationship with my family, my friends. It is so important that we take these same skills and we are, um, we apply them in everyday life. So what are some benefits of everyday coaching? One, you start building trust. You become a better listener. You forge stronger relationships. You increase yours and others' capacity, and then you can diminish conflict. So today, I just want you to put in the chat box, share with me which coaching skills would bring you the greatest impact to your life now, and how will you do more of them today? So just go ahead in the chat box, just share a couple of ways that you can say what, which coaching skills will bring you the greatest impact to your life now, and how will you do more of them today? Someone said being present, good. Listening, being present. Listening, building curiosity. Yes, I plan to be more curious. Eye contact, good. Being curious, listening, being present by strong, forging stronger relationship. Listening is tops. I will focus on it. Really listening, not answering, not to answer, but to hear. Listening, especially to my wife. She'll appreciate that. Listening, clarifying questions. How can I best support you? Clarification, being present, being more curious. Listening, yeah. Curiosity. Excellent, excellent. Thank you so much for those of you who are sharing in the chat box. Physical touch when appropriate, yeah. All right, being a better listener. Good, being present. How can I best support you today? Thank you so much for sharing with me today. I'm so excited about that. I just wanna go on. So what ways do you, can you see yourself showing up as a coach in everyday life? And I want you to think about that every day. You are a coach. You have earned, if you are taking these courses, these courses are just not something for your knowledge, but it's for your everyday life to make you a better person. So think about how you, you can see yourself showing up as a coach in everyday life in practical ways, um, not by being the expert in the room, but by being the person that people care about, that, that shows people that you care about them, that you model these same coaching um, skills, you know, just by listening and in relationships. And then I'm going to just skip this real quick, and then I'm just going to share uh, one more thing. I think I have a last, oh, I missed it, hold on. Well, that's it. I did, I had one more uh, slide, but that's all right, that's it. I wanna thank you all for this time. And uh, someone said they were gonna be using their points necessary for their middle school classroom students. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And I just wanna thank you for the time today and I hope you got something out of it.